What's up, guys? It's Jordan Stoltz, your host of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Welcome to another episode, and this show is episode number 257, brought to you by you guys, the fans, the listeners of the Triple F Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for all of the support, and thank you for all of the kind words following my dramatic switch in the podcast scheduling game. Uh, I definitely appreciate each and every one of you being patient with me and realizing that I'm trying to figure out a sustainable way to do this and my favorite way to do this. Have some good stuff coming for you guys as far as the podcast is concerned. I'm really excited about it and I'm excited for you guys uh, to hear these episodes as well. I like doing these episodes with three or four questions in them and I also have some cool interviews coming up in November. You'll be able to listen to those by subscribing to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast on iTunes or whatever whatever other platform you use um, and be sure you do do that. Refer it to a friend or a family member if you can. That would mean a lot and really, really help me. Instagram posts are great. Just tag StoltzFit, S-T-O-L-Z-F-I-T. And last thing, if you have a question that you want answered on the podcast, just send me a DM on Instagram. S-T-O-L-Z-F-I-T is the username. Or head to triplefpodcast.com slash contact and you can send me your question there. Those are the best ways to get a hold of me and the best ways to get your questions answered by me on the podcast. Thank you for joining me and for all the support once again. I'm your host, Jordan Stoltz, episode 257, Triple F Podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. What's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz here, your host of the Triple F podcast. That is Fitness, Food, and Freedom. And I'm recording this episode for you, kind of once again going through my day, which is kind of cool, right? I I actually enjoy this style of recording because um, I actually like really enjoy talking on the phone and and interacting with people that way. Uh, so I'm um, my episode last week was kind of weird because you know I'm in the bulk, I'm focusing on the muscle gain, and uh, I was like out of breath trying to do the podcast, and I have like this radio voice that anyone that's actually heard me just talk to them in person knows like when I turn this radio voice on, which is just more, I guess, boisterous would be the proper word for it. Uh, so I had this radio voice going as I was walking my dogs who were so hyper and were pulling me down the sidewalk that I was losing my breath. Now I'm actually recording this in my car and hopefully the sound quality is good, but I'm recording this driving back from work and you know probably will be stopped in a little bit uh, to, to kind of finish the podcast off. But I'm enjoying kind of my little techniques here for fitting the podcast into my life because that's kind of the whole point here, right? I, the, the whole point with with anything is to not make it like a burden on your life and not make it something that dramatically changes how you function. And that's true for fitness, that's true for relationships, that's true for business, right? You don't want to have whatever you're doing just come in and throw a wrench in the tire when when you're liking the way your life is shaped up, right? Like. 
Maybe I like getting home at a normal time to walk my dogs and not, you know, stopping to podcast along the way, which is what I did before, right? And to solve that problem, just podcast on my way home to go walk the dogs and then I can enjoy my evening and you guys can get your content. I'm able to uh, kind of give you guys a fun episode, a Q&A type episode, and I'm able to plan it out ahead of time for the week. I'm really liking the structure so far, even if it's just the second week, but you know, I think that's a lesson in itself is to fit your fitness journey around your life and not your life around your fitness journey. That's true in all areas, not just fitness, but I think that's an important lesson that we really need to learn and we really need to actually apply. Uh, the other lesson here could be to experiment with different things, right? I talked about this before and like, hey, you know, what you're gonna stick to is what you're actually gonna have fun with. And if you hate powerlifting, then you probably shouldn't be a powerlifter, right? No matter if you're, you know, the, the, the exercises, the bench, the squat and the deadlift yield the best result and the best stimulus on the muscle, that might be true. But if you get injured, if you hate those exercises, uh, that's probably not the best method for you anyways. So uh, you should probably just try a few different things find something that you really, really love and then stick to that over time, right? And if you stick to that, you're gonna make results if you make progress. I've seen people make tons of progress on not good programming. I've seen people uh, you know, get lean on not great diets. I've seen people improve their health dramatically doing some weird, weird stuff and that's just because they like it and they can stick to it, right? They, they, the big problem comes when you do something so extreme or so you know, just not you, that you're not able to stick to it. And I think that that is kind of an important thing to note. I did want to mention kind of something on my own fitness journey uh, before I get started with the questions today, that might be something for you guys to think about. Um, and, you know, maybe you know, it's kind of along the lines of this experimenting with different things, finding what you like. I've always been a big proponent of training uh, three or four days a week. I think that the reason I am is number one for recovery, yes, because uh, you can definitely recover on your days off between. Uh, but also why I've been a fan of that is because of the flexibility of three or four day a week training. What I mean by that is that, you know, you could maybe something comes up, you have to skip Wednesday session. If you skip Wednesday session, that's not the end of the world because you have, uh, you, you know, you have Thursday, Friday to make it up, right? If you're doing three sessions a week, you don't have to go back to back to back to back to back. You can just do three spread out throughout the week in any way you want to. If you do Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week, you could do Monday, Wednesday, Saturday the next week or Monday, Wednesday, Thursday even, and it allows for a lot of flexibility. However, what I noticed in my own training was that I was feeling worse after I had off days. So the days I felt the best were the days I would go like Wednesday, Thursday, or just go into consecutive days and not not take a day off, right? And that kind of, I kind of took that and ran with it and I was like, all right, well maybe I need to, uh, you know, have more of these consecutive days and see how I feel. And I have been experimenting lately uh, to kind of get down to it, I've been experiencing lately with training six or seven days a week, which is so not what I'm used to, which might be why I'm enjoying it, right? And I am enjoying it. I'm finding really good results from it. I feel great. I'm sleeping really good every night because I'm training every day. And the problem areas uh, kind of in my body that can ache, right, and that can get some aches and pains like my neck, my shoulder on my right side, uh, even sometimes my hip on my left side, 
those things really, really have decreased uh, since since starting more more training frequency or doing like six or seven days a week. Now I am kind of doing more of a body part split, but you know indirectly hitting every body part about twice a week through a day where I just kind of do a little bit of everything, which is why I said six or seven because a lot of times that can turn into a rest day depending on how I feel. Um, I can get more into that split if you guys are interested. Just let me know. Uh, however. I've really been enjoying the seven-day thing, and I think that it's it's something that I might stick to for a very, very long time is training way more. And, you know, there's a lot of things to keep in mind here, like you do need to monitor how fatigued your body actually is so you're not, you know, you're not running yourself into the ground weekly and over the course of several weeks. You don't want to go seven days as hard as you possibly can all in a row on similar body parts, but you can go really hard on one body part. You can do that, you know, really hard on the next body part. Maybe you're pretty worn out. Your central nervous system is a little bit fried. So the next day, maybe you have a little bit of a lighter, maybe, you know, like more hypertrophy focused workout. Uh, it's not as intense and, you know, you're able to just get some good blood flow, but also focus on problem areas. That's a great way to do it. Just make sure you're cycling that and making sure that you deload once in a while. So your volume doesn't have to be crazy. These are the things that I'm focusing on, but that I'm really finding out are working for me and that I really, really like. These are these are new things to me, so I'm keeping you guys updated kind of in real time as I do them because you know this is this is a whole new whole new ball game for me. This isn't something I'm used to, but it's something that I might be doing for a long time and something that I would encourage you try, right? If you've always been like a three or four day a week kind of person, try six or seven. See how you feel with it, see how you like it, see if it's sustainable for you. And the opposite else is also true. If you typically follow a bro split or something like that, you're in the gym a lot, six or seven days a week, it might be try it might be time to try, you know, a three or four day a week session. Try something different. Give your muscles and your body something to adapt to and you will see great progress. That is kind of my little rundown of my training and podcast stuff for this first little bit of the episode. I'm gonna dive into some questions now, and these are all coming from Instagram. So if you have any questions that you want me to answer on the podcast, just go to StoltzFit on Instagram, shoot me a DM, comment on a post, whatever, I'll see it all, and leave me your question there and I will answer it. Let's get down to the first question. First question is, like I said from Instagram, and it is, what are my opinions on activity trackers? So things like smartwatches, things like Fitbits, and whatever other kind of devices they have now uh, for tracking activity, movement, steps, all of that. Well, I kind of have a unique opinion on activity trackers, I feel, because I'm right in the middle. And a lot of people are either very for them and follow everything they tell them, or they're very against them and think they're absolute worthless pieces of rubber that people wear on their wrists for no good reason. And I would definitely say it's somewhere in the middle. And I, I, I think they're useful. I think they're, they're measurement tools, right? Which is, which is, that's all they are, right? And they're not, they're not accurate. And I think that's important to note. And I think it's important to accept if you have one and you wear it, that the numbers projected are just that, projections. If you're seeing calories burned, if you're seeing, uh, you know, maybe BMR, TDEE, these different equations, you know, a certain number of calories that you're expected to eat based on your activity level by the tracker, 
those are all just estimations and probably very, very inaccurate ones. You know, what's gonna be accurate is actually seeing how your body's responding to various things, finding out what your actual maintenance is and making deficits and surpluses from that. Uh, the activity tracker does not do that. However, what the activity trackers do do are they give you a consistent measurement method for your general daily activity. What I mean by that is the actual step count is very, very valuable to me. And I've talked about this with the several clients that I've had through online coaching on my site. I've talked about this with people at work. I've talked about this on social media. That I think that the actual activity step count, sure, it might be off by 200 steps a day, but does that number actually matter, right? Does something magical happen at 10,000 steps for your body? And the answer is absolutely not. Nothing magical happens at that certain step count, right? Just like nothing magical happens when you walk in the gym door, you have to actually get better, put in the work and progress. The same is true with your overall activity level, right? If you are wanting to lose weight and not necessarily wanting to drop your calories, a good way to do that is to just up your activity. And you know, a good way to do that is to increase and progress progressive overload on that device, on that, maybe it's a smartwatch, maybe it's a Fitbit, something like that, and you're just gonna be increasing that step count over time. So I'm working with a guy who is around 2,000 steps a day, and you know, his step count, that's pretty low, right? Pretty sedentary. And that's definitely a big factor for why he can't lose weight very easy. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna slowly bump that up, maybe not weekly, maybe bi-weekly, maybe even hold on a little bit. And you know, if that's hard to hit that activity level, it's gonna stay at that for a while. But that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna slowly progress, overload the body and increase activity over a certain amount of time. And you know, that's gonna essentially uh, just be adding a thousand steps here and there. Maybe it's weekly for a while. Maybe if weekly is too hard to stick to, I'm gonna you know drop it down to bi-weekly, maybe even monthly if he's patient enough. And we're gonna increase that activity over time until maybe he's at 9,000, 10,000, 11,000. If someone was really trying to get lean, I'd probably have them up higher, like 15, 16, 17,000 steps a day. Now what happens when you're at a certain number of steps a day, you have to hit you know, that high of steps. 17,000 steps is absurdly high and you know, nobody but maybe like a doctor or a nurse or a construction worker or something like that where you're on your feet all day are going to hit that step count. Um, what, what I suggest is adding in specific activity to hit that step count and that's essentially cardio, right? So I don't really give cardio recommendations. What I give is increasing your cardio as you need to, so your overall activity level goes up. Eventually, you know, that, that can be accomplished just by taking a walk in the morning. Then you're gonna maybe have to, you know, go to the gym and hit a treadmill session because, you know, you are, you know, you're kind of having a hard time hitting that activity. That's kind of my strategy. And I think it, it's working really well. It's something that I'm gonna do myself when it's time to cut down, maybe in a year or so, uh, and you know, maybe even longer than that, but it's, it's, it's something I'm gonna use. And I think the best benefit, even more than just overall activity increase, the best benefit, the most valuable thing these activity trackers give you is you know, essentially the, the opportunity to give you a baseline number. Right? It's the same as like a body fat percentage marker. 
you wouldn't you would be married to this certain body fat percentage number because it's probably not accurate, right? We know that the body fat calculators are really inaccurate. We know that they're not really super valuable as far as accuracy is concerned, uh, but they are a valuable measurement to see trends over time. And that's what we're doing here, right? We're focusing on trends over time. Either are you getting leaner with your body fat percentage or is your body fat percentage, even with the air going up, you know, as long as it's consistent, is that trend, that line graph going up or down? And if it's going up, we might have a problem. If it's going down, you're on the right track. If your goal is weight loss um, and the same goes for activity. If your goal is to increase your activity and that step count is going up over time, even if it's slow, even if it's a couple hundred steps off every measurement, that's just fine. However, you might have a problem if that activity level uh, stalls out or decreases, that might be you need to throw in like decreased calories and things like that. So that's kind of what I think about them. Ignore all of the other equations and estimations. Focus on that daily activity, the step count, and and you know use that as a baseline for your overall activity. Progressively increase that over time. Be consistent with your measurement and your methods and your numbers, and you'll be a-okay. Next question is a nutrition one, which is cool. Uh, this one is uh, from a female who has a hard time hitting protein sources. Most of her diet is plant-based, and she has a hard time hitting protein uh, targets, her macro targets that she's shooting for daily without a lot of meat, right? And she's okay with some meat, just not a lot, right? Just not meat at every meal or carrying chicken breast everywhere. So what are, what are my suggestions, my favorite uh, high-protein foods? Well, you know, my, my high-protein options are going to be they're going to be meat and dairy based because that is probably the best source of protein. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of dairy. I'm a big fan of cheese. I'm a big fan of low fat cheese, especially, um, and yogurt, like things like Greek yogurt are a big staple. Sometimes for lunch, all I really bring is like a massive container of yogurt and, uh, you know, eat that whole thing, literally the whole, of, you know, four servings per container carton of yogurt, and that, you know, gets 60, 70, 80 grams of protein along with a lot of carbs. Um, you know, th those are going to be some staples. String cheese is, is another good dairy source that has high protein. Um, focus on things like that, right? Find things that you like, right? If meat is kind of like a choice, um, if it's something that is you know, you want to be vegetarian, uh, or you're kind of weeding yourself off meat, that's just fine if it's an overall principle like that. But if it's just that you don't like meat that much, you can experiment uh, with making it tastier and with choosing different meats, right? I think meat is delicious, but I've definitely seen people that like different meats and people that don't like certain meats, right? Some people really like seafood, and some people really don't. Some people think chicken breast is boring. Some people are fine with chicken breast. Uh, it's really, you know, up to you. I'd say like a couple of my unique sources of protein besides the yogurt and the string cheese and all that would be, I actually use canned chicken, which seems kind of gross saying it out loud, but Hey, it's, it's, it's cheap. It's easy. And it actually tastes really good. And I put it all in a bowl, like two cans or three cans and mix it with some light mayonnaise and some celery and onions and season it up. And you have shredded chicken salad once you stir it all up. That is really good on some lower calorie bread and is a really easy source of a lot of protein through meat that really just tastes like an awesome sandwich, right? That's probably one of my favorites. Another one of my little tricks is to have 
eggs. And, you know, as you guys know, if you eat eggs for breakfast, um, eating whole eggs is good for you, but it does pack a lot of fat grams. And if you track your macros, it's going to be hard to, you know, stay under on your fats and make sure that you're not going over on your fat macros per day while eating a lot of eggs to hit protein. And egg whites just aren't that great, right? They're always kind of watery and they're always just kind of, uh, you know, bland. What I like to do is actually mix them. So I'll normally go like two or three eggs and then I'll mix egg whites with that in a bowl before pouring them in the pan. And that really kind of is a middle gray area of, of protein, right? You're able to get the protein from the egg whites, but you're able to also get the yolk so they taste better. They're not as watery, they're not as bland. You have whole eggs in there. You're getting the benefits from that, the health benefits, and it's really just delicious. So uh, that is kind of a couple of my little tips and tricks, I guess. Um, you will have protein coming from other sources like carb sources, legumes, nuts, um, vegetables even in some cases, but I wouldn't rely on those to hit your protein. It's going to require a ton of food volume and you might have some issues with complete proteins if that's all that you eat for proteins. Uh, so instead, I really like to focus on on you know easy options like that. And you know that being said, I'm also a huge fan of protein shakes. I, I don't think uh, they're disgusting anymore, right? I think that those have come a long, long ways uh, as far as taste and texture is concerned. Try out a protein shake. Try it a few kinds. Try Find one that you like and, uh, you know, knock that out first thing in the morning, right? That's what I do. I normally have two scoops kind of for breakfast first thing and that's just a quick way to knock out like 50 to 60 grams of protein and I don't even have to worry about it for the rest of the day right that's kind of my strategy is I'd rather knock that protein out early and then focus on those carbs and fats those yummy foods later in the day uh, so you don't get to, you know eight or nine or ten at night and say oh man I have to eat all my protein now I'm short on protein how do I hit my protein you know even dinner right you go out to a restaurant you have to order the chicken because you're short on protein instead I'd rather rather just hit it early, focus my breakfast and lunch around really high protein and, you know, barely have any left for dinner and just be able to enjoy my dinner. It's a similar concept to intermittent fasting with calories, only, you know, you're knocking your protein out early uh, to enjoy the feast of carbs and fat later on. That's my advice for protein and um, I guess my favorite sources. So kind of a quick answer on that one. All right, next question is a glute question. I haven't ever got one of these before on the podcast, uh, but this one is also from a female listener, and she's asking about glute activation, which is an awesome topic. Uh, this one I might actually go on for a while. She's saying that I do the right exercises, right? I'm focusing on squats, deadlifts, compound movements, dot, 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 in the gym. Uh, and I'm having trouble feeling my glutes, right? She's having trouble feeling that activation, feeling the glutes work. A lot of, a lot of what she's doing, she's feeling in the quads, she's feeling in the thighs, and she's having trouble uh, you know, getting the glutes to grow and activate and fire with those exercises. So she's asking, what are some of my tricks? What are some of my tips with clients, online coaching, personal training, athletes to get those glutes going and to get those glutes firing? Well, this answer is, um, you know, maybe I, I'm sure everyone has different opinions on this and different uh, methods and everything. My overarching general principle idea on this one is going to be 
um, that overall, if you're getting stronger on movements and your glutes, your hips are getting stronger, they will grow and you will feel them, right? What what the problem a lot of times is, is that you expect a burn, a pump, you know, a, a, a booty burn when in reality, um, you know, you, you're just not strong enough yet to get that. And you have to hit that strength level kind of first, almost as a prerequisite. The strength is going to grow your glutes, you know, even if you don't necessarily feel them, quote unquote, it's going to be just progressive overload on exercises that stress that muscle group that are going to, you know, they're going to help. I, I am a fan of some glute activation drills. I just think that a lot of the, a lot of the focus, a lot of the efforts put into, you know, kind of silly things that are supposed to activate the glutes. You could be way better off spending that time and energy on actually getting better and progressing and getting stronger. You know, that'll be the quickest way to feel the glutes is if you have really, really strong glutes. I would guess that at least from what I've seen, the muscle groups that take over, the muscle groups that you feel more than others are because they're stronger relative to that muscle group, right? If you're doing a, a squat and you feel it in your legs, your legs are taking over because that's what you're comfortable with, that's what you're strong with, and you know you just need to to increase that strength uh, for the for the glutes. So how do you do that? How do you get better? What are the exercises to focus on? You're on the right track. Squats are great. Deadlifts are great. Um, I would say lunges are awesome. Step ups are great. Uh, anything where you are essentially doing hip extension, that is the function of the glute. So if you are going from a leg flexed or you know your thigh 90 degrees in front of you to extended, that is going to be a good glute movement. Uh, so some of my favorites are what I mentioned just now. I also actually really like the leg press um, with your feet placement kind of playing with that, right? And this is kind of a trick that I've picked up lately is playing with your feet placement and width uh, for you know specializing and isolating certain parts of your leg. This is something that I've never really done either, but I'm really enjoying and finding useful. Uh, what what that looks like is you know maybe you're focusing on your quads, the front of your thigh. You put your legs closer and you know maybe even. Uh, further down on the platform if you're leg pressing or if you're squatting and maybe your knees track past your toes a little bit that is going to put more stress on that quad joint um, however the, um, the if you want to focus on the hips or the glutes what you're going to want to do is the opposite of that you want to go high and wide on the leg press platform the hack squat platform or you know even something like a smith machine squat or a normal squat wider like that sumo stance even deadlifts right narrower isn't going to work the glutes as much as the wide stance it's going to that is really where your glutes are going to find a lot of work i guess you know i'm a big fan of those exercises hip thrusts are of course are a great butt builder um, and you know you get stronger at hip thrust over time you are going to build the butt you are going to start feeling that activation you know even even if uh even if you don't feel it right away as you get stronger you're going to get better and i would say the last thing to think about is just your actual thought process while you're doing the exercises right you might be doing your squats you might be doing your deadlifts but are you consciously thinking about that area that you want to grow and develop right because i could do i could do a i could do a um let's say 
bench press and if I'm just focusing on pushing that weight up as you know as fast as I possibly can I'm gonna have a hard time like feeling it in my chest but if you focus on squeezing your chest at the top squeezing the pecs together at the bottom feeling that stretch in the pecs as you're lowering it down that's when you're really gonna start seeing growth and activation and that mind-muscle connection uh, and it's it's kind of a similar thing for the glutes as well right in something like a squat and a deadlift squeeze the butt at the top you know squeeze it as you go up think about that muscle working think about that muscle activating firing doing the work whatever you need to do uh, and that is going to help you get there right you're able to build that mind muscle connection you're able to build kind of that squeeze you're able to contract better and this is kind of a trick you can steal from bodybuilders is focusing on that and 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 realizing there's a lot of power in just thinking about that muscle group it goes farther than that though right it doesn't it's not just in what you're doing during the exercise. It's just not how you stand up during the squat. It's not just how you step up onto a box and a step up or how you squeeze on a hip thrust. What you're going to do is you need to think about that all day long, right? That you're using your glutes, not your thighs, right? And it seems kind of silly, a little bit uh, junk science a little bit, but I've really found it to work is to think about the same cues that you would give yourself in the gym through daily life. So let's say you're approaching a staircase and as you walk up those stairs, how you would normally do it is maybe you, uh, you, you know, you step on your balls of your feet and you start pushing up and walking up the stairs with the heels slightly elevated and your knees forward. That is going to put more stress on the knee and the quad, right? Just because of how your, your foot is. Think of it like a lunge or a squat. You're essentially doing the same exact thing going up the stairs. Instead, instead think about these same kind of cues, right? You'll want to, uh, you'll want to do push through your heels, right? That'd be a good cue. You make sure that you're pushing through your heels every stair that you do. Make sure that you're pushing through those heels as you go up each stair. As what I like to think about uh, with the foot is think about your foot as like a tripod. So you should have three points of contact on your foot. Your, your essentially your small toe, your big toe, and your heel. And it doesn't really work out that way. It is going to be like the, you know, the right side of the ball of your foot, the left side of the ball of your foot, and the heel. However, uh, however, it's a nice little trick, I guess, to, to think about that is going to help you just activate that area throughout the day. So it is going to kind of fix how you walk. It is going to make sure you're putting a little bit more stress on the hip. And this works especially for people who walk with like an inverted foot or something like that where you're just not getting the right the right activation all the time. And you start increasing the activation and little things like that, you're gonna see that translate over to the gym, to the big stuff, right? You combine that little activation, that always constant mindset of using that muscle group, you combine that with getting progressively better and stronger at certain things, you are gonna see a lot of development. The last thing I wanted to mention here is time, that you do need to take some time and put the time into this, right? Because, you know, you might be able to, you know, go four weeks in the gym without falling off the wagon and then you fall off the wagon. You don't go for two or three weeks and then you start going again. Well, don't expect that you're going to see a lot of development and a lot of activation and a lot of strength gains, hypertrophy gains, which is what you're after. And, you know, even weight loss in that case, if you aren't being consistent, once again, sustainability and consistency is the king here and you have to be able to stick to it. You have to stick to it 
and progress over time. And the key there isn't progress, the key is time, right? Put in a lot of time because you are building muscle if you want to see your glutes grow, you wanna see your glutes get better, it's going to require muscle growth. And to experience muscle growth, you are going to have to be very, very patient. You're going to have to uh, you know, put in a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of kind of unappreciated, behind the scenes kind of work, right? You aren't gonna get your body to grow, you're not gonna get your body to develop all at once or even in a short amount of time. It's gonna take a long time and that's an important fact. It's a fact, right? It's important for anyone to accept. And I totally recommend um, you know, telling this yourself daily if you have to and making sure that you're in this for the long haul because I think it's very, very common to jump ship too soon, to program hop, to not, to not, um, you know, stick to things as long as you need to and put the necessary time in and the necessary patience that's needed for actual progress and growth. Those are the things that are going to make the difference is, you know, that time aspect, the patience, progressing on the right things and focusing on the right mindset all the freaking time. That's what's going to make you results in any area. And once again, this can be applied to not just uh, not just the glutes, but to every area like the chest, the back, the arms, the shoulders, you know, you name it, this applies. You just have little tips and tricks in training, activation tricks throughout the day, and then being patient enough to progress on certain things, get better over a long, long period of time. That's what's going to get your results in anything. And that is my advice on that. All right, guys, that is it for today. A few questions answered, a little lesson and experimentation on my part, uh, telling you guys what's up with me. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode and you're able to learn something from it. Try applying some of this stuff. Try applying my little glute tricks I gave you in your next training session for legs, even if that's not your main goal, just to know how, how they feel, right? To know if you need that, it's in your tool belt. Uh, pull that out and let me know what you think. Let me know uh, how it worked for you shoot me a DM at StoltzFit on Instagram. That's S-T-O-L-Z-F-I-T on Instagram. Uh, and and you, can, uh, you can reach me there. You can ask questions for the podcast. You can, um, you can ask me anything. Tell me what you thought of the podcast, what you think of the new structure. Uh, whatever you want to do, that will be the way to contact me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a loyal subscriber. I appreciate each and every one of you. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll see you next week where you'll probably be getting an interview, actually, big announcement. Uh, you'll probably be getting an interview that I'm gonna be doing this next week. Hopefully it is all edited up and ready to go by then. Uh, if not this next Friday, then the next one after that. Uh, November and December should have a few interviews in here that'll be good and should be really, really valuable for you. Uh, so I look forward to you guys hearing those and able to hear other people's perspectives on fitness, nutrition, wellness, health, all this stuff. Thanks for joining me. This is episode 257. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on, on fitness, fitness, food, and, and freedom. freedom.